First things first, Nerdist would love for you to take a five-minute survey to help us find advertisers. Advertisers are good for me. So go to podsurvey.com slash writers, P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash writers, W-R-I-T-E-R-S, to do this survey. Seriously, it takes five minutes, and when you're finished, you can enter a monthly drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card. So go do that. Uh, it's for advertisers who support the show that keep it free for you. Uh, they just want to know a little bit about your listening interests and stuff like that. Um, go to podsurvey.com slash writers. Five minutes, completely anonymous, and you can win a $100 gift card. So go check that out. Now entering Nerdist.com. Today's episode was recorded at the ATX Television Festival in Austin. Uh, season four, which was this year... First weekend in June 2015, we had so much fun at ATX this year. It was bigger and better than it ever was. I don't know why you're not coming next year. Go to atxfestival.com and get your badge for next year. Don't wait to find out who's going to be there, because if you wait to find out who's going to be there, you're going to miss an opportunity to get your badge. Go to atxfestival.com. This year, my pal Todd Cooper and I got the opportunity to write a theme song for ATX, uh, and we had a lot of fun doing it. They wound up recording uh, different music to the lyrics that we wrote, but we are really partial to the version that we did. So you're going to hear that before every ATX-recorded podcast that I put out. So please go to atxfestival.com and get your badge for 2016 and enjoy this theme song that we wrote. TV family, we're glad you came. We're Welcome to ATX Season 4. Thank you all for coming out to the complications. Uh, I'm Mark Pikert. I'm the editor-in-chief of Backstage Magazine and proud fourth-generation Texan, so I'm thrilled to be in Austin. And I'm also thrilled to be standing here about to talk to some amazing people who were involved with complications. 
including, uh, I'm looking at their names like I haven't spent all day with them, <laughs> including Matt Nix, Jessica Zor, Beth Riesgraf, and Michael Horowitz. So if they want to come out. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. us. Yeah. Um, so, you guys have just seen the first episode. It will premiere June 18th on USA. And the second episode will also be premiering June 18th. And I believe the third episode will be available on VOD. So you can just binge watch I'm the first three episodes. <laughs> um, so, I... Beth, Jessica, how did you get involved? Because both of you have done TV before, so what about this project convinced you to like jump back into the TV fray? Wow, I'm going to open it up. All right. Here yeah, we go. do it. Um, well, first, I read the script, and I'm you know, happy to say I'm a huge Matt Nix fan. Um, Agreed. Yeah, that's great. Um, but I was a huge Matt Nix fan, so when the script came to me through my team, I read it, and I was super excited about it, and I had to audition. I didn't just get the offer. I had to go through the paces and do the I'm whole sorry. thing. sorry. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Less of a fan now, but, you know, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Bad joke. Um, but uh, I was attracted to the role of Samantha because Matt really knows how to write for women and men, but for women especially, I feel like every character in the show is layered, we all have amazing arcs, and all the women are strong and fierce and committed to saving what they love, and they go after that, and so that was really exciting to me. And then when I had the um, screen test with Jason, he was incredible, and you know, I guess the tone is really set on a set by the lead actor and the creator, and all the way down the line, everybody was spectacular, and you know, most of my stuff is with Jason, and it's funny, Jessica and I have never worked together on the show. Um, but but we, we all really had great chemistry, I think, from the get-go, and, you know, having leads that really do lead a team, and it, it's inspiring, and I felt that from the minute I tested with him, and from the minute I read the script, I knew it was going to be exciting. And Jason, unfortunately, can't be with us tonight because he is in South Africa filming a movie, but he has been tweeting at all of you guys all day long about how excited he is that it's premiering here and wishing all of you good luck. Yeah. Uh, and Jessica, what? And I, um, you had an unconventional audition too. Yeah, I believe. I'm going to let Matt tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> but I read. I actually I was on a flight to Wisconsin. My team sent me the script, and again, I was a huge Matt Nix fan. And I read it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I really fell in love with Gretchen. It was something different than I'd done before. I was ready for a more mature, fierce. Um, role and she was such a great character and um, yeah so I read it I fell in love with it and then we had to figure out if I was going to go back and audition so I will let him tell you how my audition went uh, yeah actually full disclosure uh, I, I don't even know that you knew this before I told you today but uh, I had actually not watched Gossip Girl um, and so I get this really late in the process like we're going through where we've been reading people and then the casting director says to me oh you really should see this one and I look and it is a cell phone video taken by Jessica's 12 year old sister 
Um, reading Jason O'Mara's lines. Yeah. And she's not doing it like this. You know, it, uh, it, she's reading Jason O'Mara's lines and cracking up when she has to say the word bitch. And, um, and Jessica does it, and I'm like, oh, wow, so this girl's like an actress then? Like, she's terrific, yeah. So she done stuff? Um, and I look at the resume, and I'm like, oh, it's stuff. Okay, well, it's sort of late in the process. I, I didn't really read it. And she came in and, and flew in and was, like, really late for the audition. because My flight her, got canceled in Green Bay. Yeah. So it was literally like we spoke as she's on the way into the test, and then she came in and just crushed it. It was really great. It was really fun. And I'm super glad I got the part because this role has been amazing and the whole season is incredible and to work with great writers and Beth is an amazing actress even though we haven't had a scene together. I know that. I'm a fan of her Um, But it's just been such a great experience and I was, I kind of said this in a couple of interviews today, you know, being, doing Gossip Girl for four and a half, five years, we were in our young, like in our early 20s living in New York City on this pop culture show with fashion and music and this beautiful cast and we all had fun and, and now I'm 30 years old and in Atlanta working with people that have children and playing a much more mature, deeper role for me and it's just a really great experience all around. Yeah, I was going to ask, Atlanta, and you filmed in Atlanta, and it said in Atlanta, uh, did that help you guys on the set, like all living in a different city? Did that kind of create a tighter ensemble? I always, oh, sorry, do you want to go ahead? I mean, I just think for an entire crew, when you're, there are definitely disadvantages to not being in the city where the show is written and edited, but there are certain advantages, too, because it's basically like everybody goes to complications camp, um, and you're there, and you know it, it does bring everybody together, um, mainly because they're isolated. And uh, Jessica actually weirdly knows every single person uh, in the world. I asked her earlier if it was disorienting for her to see a magazine and not know the person on the cover. Um, but other normal human beings like Beth, uh, like I mean, don't I did necessarily... Thanksgiving dinner for my neighbors in Atlanta. I mean, I had basically. A we loved Atlanta. Yeah. I did. I still have my place there. It was a fun place to shoot. I did have a lot of friends shooting there at the same time, ironically. Um, but it was good. And I, I was talking with Matt. It, ta- the, we, it takes place in Atlanta, so I feel like we would have been there regardless. Right. Yeah, why, why did you set it in Atlanta? Was there a reason? Well, I mean, honestly, a big part of it is you realize, like, uh, there are big tax incentives in Atlanta. <laughs> like, but the truth is, like, having once been drawn to Texas by tax incentives, um, I, I really like setting uh, shows in the, in the city where we're shooting them because I feel like you just, get, um, you just get a lot more bang for your buck. You can use weird neighborhoods, you know, like... Uh, certainly on when we were doing Burn Notice, like, we were in Miami, and we were able to use every corner of Miami because... Yeah. Even if it didn't look like Miami, well, it is Miami. So, you know, and similarly for Atlanta, there are definite advantages to, you know, shooting Atlanta for Atlanta. Um, Because the truth is there is no city with more leaves than Atlanta. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Leaves and freeways. They're really long on both of those. And uh, so, you know, shooting that place for for what it was, uh, I, I just think it brings something special to it. And then you brought up Bernos and Michael, you had worked on Bernos with Matt. Yeah. Uh, what is this process like working with Matt again? Um, well, this, this project's been so fun to do after Bernos because it's, it's a challenge to uh, kind of refine our storytelling. And in Bernos, we just had these, uh, it was a lot simpler in a, lot, in a way because it was an action show 
uh, with a great romantic comedy in the center of it. Um, but you had, you had, if you met somebody and you thought they were a good guy, they were probably a good guy. Sometimes there were twists, but bad guys at the end got punished. That happened. Things were, got resolved in an easier way. And so with this, it was fun to really explore what it's like to be really serialized, to have everything not work out the way you think it's going to work out, to take every thread and figure out kind of the worst possible place it could go. Yeah, I mean, I interviewed Jason O'Mara for a backstage cover story out June 18th. And he was talking about uh, burn notice was kind of delivered with a wink, and complications has a black eye. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is entirely true. And one of the things I really love about complications from the pilot on is you set it up as kind of a procedural, and then you proceed to dismantle all of the tropes that you can possibly imagine being associated with a procedural. And was that intentional like after burn notice? Did you want to kind of tackle it from a deconstructionist point of view. Wow, I went to Sarah Lawrence and that just came out. I'm so sorry. I'm really impressed with you, Mark. Well, Mr. Really? Fancy Man with your fancy deconstructionist. Um, I mean, it's actually a good Sarah lawrence question. Um, uh, no, I mean, in the sense that the um, certainly having done a lot of that, one of the things in any procedural is you can't really do a procedure if the procedure doesn't work. Like, Dr. House needs to figure out what the, you know, and I have a lot of respect for that show, um, but, you know, Dr. House needs to figure out what the disease is during the episode. Like, that's the procedure of that episode. On a, on a law and order, they need to figure out, you know, who did it, and they need to go through a trial during that episode. And the, so, in a way, Complications was about, like, well, in the real world, like, things just sort of spin out, right? Like, you, yeah. you save a kid in the street, and it's not like you just sort of disappear and everything's okay. Well, everybody knows you did that. And things just continue. And, um, and similarly on the medical side, like, that idea that, you know, this whole show takes place over the course of 17 days. Well, you know, Antoine Tyler's not going to heal from um, a gunshot wound over the course of 17 days. He's not going to be, like, okay and up and running around. So, uh, so in a way, it was sort of a deconstruction of procedure. So, you know, good on Sarah Lawrence for teaching you that. <laughs> um, and Jessica, you said something really interesting earlier that I overheard where you, and I hadn't thought of it like this, but you signed on based on the pilot. So you had no idea what... Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think for, as an actor, when you read a pilot, we're not aware of where the season's going to go. So when I read it, it was written so well. And again, like, I, I loved all the characters and I... L just loved the story, fell in love with Gretchen, fell in love with the way John was and his family life and work, but I didn't know where it was going to go. And there was a part like, do you want to do a medical show for potentially X amount of years? But it was kind of like just how well it was done and I, what, what was just on the page there. I'm like, this is amazing. Then I read the second once we all got the jobs and third episode and I'm like, oh my gosh, this show is going in a completely different direction than I actually thought it was going to go and I already had high expectations. So it was... Yeah. Really How amazing. much actual was, medicine did you end up very doing? Blessed. We were talking earlier, like you, you end up doing like almost no medicine at all. Right. I'm like not really in the hospital. No, <laughs> I'm, like, you're on the street smoking somewhere at a loading dock. Smoking cigarettes inside. Yeah. <laughs> Someone asked me earlier about like what distinguishes this from uh, other medical shows, and I was like, well, first of all, I think it's more of like a crime thriller with a doctor in the lead but I was saying as far as it is a medical show it does have the distinction of being on most medical shows doctors are not healing wounds that they also created um, yeah. so 
I mean, yeah, you guys. I mean, Jessica in the second episode has some crazy stuff happening. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> really crazy. <laughs> and Beth, I mean, were you were you happily surprised with how the next nine episodes proceeded for Sam? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many twists and turns throughout the whole thing, and I I've never done a serialized show either. So it, for me, it was kind of an adventure. And as the audience is figuring out what's happening, that's kind of how I felt as an actor. You know, each time we would get the script, not really knowing where it was going to go, but you're living moment to moment in the shoes of this person. And, and you're also, as much as you're creating the character, you're learning more about your character as the first season goes, because there's things in the fifth episode that I find out about Gretchen that, as an actor, I did my work to, to have things to play off of, but then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is even more. So I, I think a first season on a show, it's, it's, it's a big kind it's of gamble learning. for everyone, because yeah. you're having fun creating and learning. Yeah, everybody's adjusting, and I do think that there was there is a moment or a window where I thought, oh, I hope Samantha doesn't become, you know, this wife that just sits back at home, really pensive and worrying all the time. And Matt, you know, we met before we even started the pilot, and we had the greatest conversation. He has such a respect for character work and male or female, but he was like, no, let's do something with this opportunity. And I really do feel like Samantha's role, you know, is definitely completely different from Gretchen, but it should be, you know. Right, and absolutely. But the, the theme of heroism and everything that Matt talked about, I think having lost a child and trying to hold her family together and then having a bit of a secret of her own and everyone's making mistakes to try to do the right thing at the same time. So I was, I was actually really happy with where Samantha went in this. And I think in the end, she's, she's running right next to her husband, like right where she should be. You know, they're, they're a yeah. team. And it kind of brings them together, actually. Well, guys, once you saw what Jessica and Beth were doing, did, you, did that alter your perceptions of Gretchen and Sam? Were you yeah. right I mean, into their yeah, strengths? Yeah, yeah. And, and in best case, weaknesses. But the... Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I was trying really hard. So. I'm sorry. I had to do that. The, uh, no, I mean, actually, that's, uh, to me, one of the greatest joys of writing series television is that opportunity to see an actor inhabit a role and then realize, like, oh, like, uh, they can do this, and let's push that further, and... Um, so, I mean, actually, with Beth, one of my favorite things was seeing her turn from s sort of being inward to, to this sort of strong persona that you have, like this, the, you really great at, at, at communicating strength, and um, at the same time that you're vulnerable, and that was something that we absolutely wrote to. Um, and now I've made you self-conscious and you won't be able to do it again, but... The, uh, I mean, I don't really know if I am. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. There we go. See, you've seen it. The magic happens. Um... <laughs> And, yeah, and certainly for, for Jessica, like, just getting the rhythms of speech and, and that the sort of... I mean, actually, I remember when I was directing the pilot, um, I, asked, uh, I asked Jessica to, to walk across a hallway and just give a look. And I was like... And I went back and I was like... We were in a huge hurry and I was like, I don't know if this will work as a direction. And I was like, okay, just... That was great. Just more significant. And she just... She came and she did it, and she was, I was like, that's awesome. And then you realize, like, I've got this actor who could just do looks, so we're just going to gonna ride that. Like, more looks from Jessica. Have no dialogue. It was great. It was terrific. Yeah. You just wanted a day off in the writer's room. Like, Gretchen's just not going to have any dialogue, just all looks. Just walks around, staring at people. Just silent movie style. Um, but this is the first time you've done a show where you filmed everything before any episodes have premiered. So was that? Did you approach? Did you guys approach that in a different way than you would have, like when you were working on Burn Notice? 
Um, I don't really know. Just because how the writer's process works, you have to be fairly ahead, and we try and keep the trains running on time. But it is definitely really interesting to have all of them in the can, and it'll be really interesting to watch people's reactions as they try and figure out what we're doing and and try and, you know, because we're big TV fans too, so we're, we're always conscious of where people think it's going, and, you know, we were constantly trying to make things surprising and cool and have fun cliffhangers for everybody. Yeah, I mean, technically, like, when you're shooting and airing at the same time, you can sort of steer the ship, but, like, it's a really slow process. I mean, yeah. it basically, if you realize, oh, the audience isn't responding to this or we need to change this, you could have something new on the air four episodes down the road, like, re if you were really hurried. Um, and so uh, the, the big thing, actually, for us being able to do all of the episodes before they aired was the opportunity to do refinements and reshoots and plant things earlier. Yeah. And so there was, you know, uh, when I was directing the finale, we shot a reshoot for episode three. And that is a huge opportunity because, you know, you realize in episode seven, oh, wow, it would have been awesome if this character had just done this in episode three, and then you can go back and say, okay, well, now they did. And... <laughs> Planted and well, and actors. What is that like to go back and make different choices? This actually, I mean, this particular thing. You may, I don't know if you remember. It was. It wasn't so much a different choice. It was. Um, it was the other side of a text conversation. Where in the original, we had only shown one side of that text conversation, and then we basically the relationship between. Uh, Gretchen and her sister really comes out over the course of the uh, the story. But it definitely helped for the for the season and the relationship with my sister. So I, I understood yeah, so why they like did it. And as an actor, you know, show up and important. just do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, some days you're like, oh gosh, we got to go back and like reread. But that's just part of the job, and it's part of what makes it all fun too. Yeah. So and it worked to benefit my my relationship for the audience and and for Gretchen with my sister. Like that one little thing really helped. And actors are simple creatures. I mean, they don't really understand what's going on anyway. So. I work for Backstage, I know. Um, and I think now we're going to take some questions from the audience. So if anyone has anything that they want to ask these three, yes. Absolutely. Uh, one nice thing on this show was basically because... Um, I mean, on a show that is primarily about the medicine, you really have to push the limits of what people do in medicine. You have to, you know, introduce really exotic diseases that have really weird solutions or, you know, one disease is masquerading as another disease. Uh, this isn't primarily a medical show, so we were able to do a lot of things on this show over the course of the season that you don't get to see in a lot of medical shows, like have the sorts of patients come into an ER who come into an ER. Um, for narrative expediency on a lot of shows, you know, you'll have doctors starting IVs or doctors grabbing medication. Well, in the real world, like, doctors aren't allowed to get medication. That's not, like, that's a huge deal. And so, yeah, we had a nurse and a doctor on set all the time uh, monitoring everything. very helpful. And, yeah, very. so most of it is, I mean, I'd say, yeah, there are a couple things um, where they were like, yeah, that might happen a little faster in the real world. Or, you know, it might be a little different, but by and large, we were... How often really did you ignore good. them? Well, I, that was the thing, actually. We really, like, um, we really didn't. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. What, oh, a good example is in the pilot, John, they have a bo- the doctors have a bottle of Ativan on them, right? And so we talked through in like very specific terms, if you had a patient who you knew was unruly, might you have asked for the Ativan earlier and have the Ativan on you? And they basically said, that's unusual, but it could happen. We'll, we'll, we'll let you fudge that. But, you know, if we're fudging at that level, we're probably okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it, was, it was actually really annoying to have to learn the medicine. Uh, to the degree, like, I, I've, I've heard on other medical shows that you just write, you know, John enters the room, medical, 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 and then your consultant does that for you. Right. And I kept saying to Matt, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. That sounds so much easier. And Matt made us read all these medical books and, you know, talk to doctors. Well, the problem is, like, yeah, I mean, you, you, if writers are writing medical, 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 like they'll write in some like miracle cure for like lupus or something, and then and then you're like, well, okay, the story sort of depends on us curing lupus, so I guess we have to do it, right? And and that's that's when you get into serious fudge town, and I didn't want to go there. So, uh, next question, yes. Should be. That's it. You're hired. Um, (laughs) No, I I mean, actually, it was really, um, I mean, I think that, you know, in talking to USA, they they did have the sort of blue skies thing going on for a while. And, and, you know, I was sort of involved in some of the discussions with them about what really is the core of what they do. And um, I think that everybody sort of felt like they'd done the blue skies thing and that had sort of run its course. And... um, but I think that it does share a sort of basic DNA with the USA shows that have come before insofar as it's, it's about a hero. I mean, it's about somebody who's trying to make the world a better place. It's not, you know, about somebody who's primarily self-interested. It's not, he's not really an anti-hero, that kind of thing. And so I think that it shared that kind of DNA, and the USA was at a point where they were ready to do something else. And, and uh, there was a little bit of that. It was like, yeah, I mean, we didn't do a lot of rain I mean, you look at you look at other shows in USA. Not a lot of rain on Psych. That's just Atlanta, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, although that was actually Atlanta doesn't rain when it's convenient. Atlanta Atlanta rains when you've got to move the trucks, right? Then, but it's not as bad as Miami for that. Um, In the interest of parody, a question for Jessica or Beth about acting. Yes. We had um, we have nurses and doctors that would help us with the terms and technically how things would work and how fast you do it or how slow. So we, we got to work a lot with them, which was wonderful. And they were always on set with us and would talk to us after work on the weekends. So that's really what helped Jason and I. Was there something specific that you took away that informed Gretchen? Well, for <laughs> with Gretchen as a nurse? Yeah. Um, well, as an actor, looking into it when, with ER or Grey's Anatomy, all the technical stuff and all the terms, and then being in character and being in the moment, and it's high, it's all intense. It, the technical stuff was really, and Jason, I'll say it hard when you're get, drawing blood or yeah. doing all the, well, you know, ever, it, that was very difficult because you just got to do it like it's second nature. And we would, but we had enough practice with it, so I think it comes off very, it looks very natural, but it really, they helped us do that. 
Well, luckily but, at that point, you just had no dialogue left. And it was just all significant. <laughs> oh, no, there's a lot of dialogue. <laughs> well, actually, when, when, Henry, when Henry has his code in the pilot, um, the actors, everyone was really nervous about it, and they were just talking about, like, okay, let's do this by the numbers, and we'll do it really slowly, and... And so we just decided, okay, well, first of all, let's just do it as fast as we can and see how it plays and yeah. get a sense for what it is. And so we're just like, okay, we won't shoot this one. And we were like, maybe we should shoot it. No, let's not shoot it because they're like, oh, we're going to screw up all over the place. And they ran it. And then it. You have, we have fake blood run, like, that, yeah. you, that you have to stop before the camera catches it. So you, that's in your mind, and you're doing the dialogue, and you're, you're still being a nurse and trying to keep the patient calm. And, <laughs> but I, that's and scene, John's freaking pissing me off. I know. I don't know where he's trying to go. But and yet I'm like, okay, this is, we all got to be like smooth with it. But you so. guys did it perfectly the first time, but we didn't shoot it. Right. So That's how it goes, right? Like, literally, I was like, okay, so action on rehearsal, no pressure. Right, and the doctor's like that. That looked just like a code. That was amazing. That was uh, they. They made no mistakes. And it was like, who's anybody running a camera? No. So then we had to rehearse it again. And you learned a valuable lesson that day. Yeah. Always lie to Jessica. <laughs> um, next question. Yes. Oh, I definitely forgot him now. <laughs> Um, yeah, there were a couple, and, and really, I, I don't know them off the top of my head. But Jason and I, he, he taught me something while well. he's like, you kind of, like, if you make a song with them while you're learning your lines at night, which that really helped. But, yeah, I don't know any off the top of my head right now. I'm just now picturing you, like, lying in bed, staring Singing at the ceiling. like a lullaby. Singing to yourself. the weirdest terms. Yeah. <laughs> if you get her drunk enough, she sings medicine names. <laughs> Well, Beth, I just want to go back to you for a second because uh, one of the things that Jason and I talked about when I spoke to him was one of the fun things in a scene as an actor is to have a secret. And he has a lot of secrets when in scenes with you. And I'm just curious, what is it like knowing those secrets that he has and then acting as if you don't and sharing that scene with him? Oh, that's a good question. It's hard, you know, yeah, because we all read the scripts and we know what's going on and I'm not the actor who doesn't read the parts I'm not in. I... You know, I, I read the full script, so I know what's happening all the time. And I guess it was really he and I, we had a, a great way of sort of getting into things. We, we would go through it if something didn't feel right. We always tried to tweak it or talk about it or whatever. But, you know, you step into your character, and I feel like you just turn it on, and that's that. I can shut off everything else, and that's just what's happening. But, you know, I tried to imagine, I mean, I guess anyone who's in a relationship understands when their partner has a secret, you can tell something's going on. And so it, he's so good, you know. It, I think the question for him must have been so much harder because he's a guy playing, covering, who knows all the stuff, and as an actor, you know, he's having to do so much. So it was, had to be so subtle, and it had to be believable, and he killed it, you know. And I think we're already going through so much in our relationship. We're already having such a hard time trying to get things back to normal and, and, and make life feel okay again. And we know it never will. And so there's kind of like trying to pretend like the elephant isn't in the room. And then suddenly you add this huge, I don't know, tiger to the mix or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, I only know a little bit about part of that, you know? So it's like trusting that 
he'll tell me when it's important and trusting that he's going to fill me in at the right time. But when I start to sense that things are really spinning out of control, I have to say something. And he was great at honestly creating those little moments. And sometimes it was a glance and sometimes it was him breaking eye contact. And you have to listen with your eyes and your ears. And that was the beautiful thing about working with someone who's so subtle is because he gave me that opportunity to notice those things. Well, and with John, like with John, he is, him and I are put in this situation that no one really knows around us what's going on, but we are like in the middle of a gang war. We got, I'm trying to protect my sister. He's protecting his family, still getting over the loss of, or trying to cope with the loss of his daughter. But yet he's like, we're still in denial that like at any moment, this ga- these gang members can come and kill one of us, one of our family members. We could lose our job, go to jail. So I think we're, we're him and I, the only two that actually know what's going on because we're the only two that can actually save the little boy, but we're at the same time putting everything else at risk. We're kind of like in our own heads and together like, oh my gosh, is this actually happening? So then he, but at the same time, he's protecting his family. So I think he's trying to justify, I'm not going to go home and tell my wife because really it's so that I don't lose another child or I don't lose my wife and I don't lose my job. But then he, he steps in and kind of is, you know, like a father figure, big brother to me. So it's, we're, we're kind of like still figuring out like, oh my God, this is actually real and at any moment we could die because we're in a really unsafe situation and it just keeps going and every time we think we turn a corner and everything we're doing, we want to do it for the right reason to help someone but we're not always going about it the right way. So every time we think we're turning a corner, all of a sudden something else blows up in our face, like literally blows up in our face and we're like, oh my God. (laughs) And, And we're still trying to like understand like oh this is real like there's a gang war going on and we are in the middle of it well and that's one of the great things about uh, certainly the first episode and also the rest of the series is that the two of you are kind of in this insane relationship where you just keep pulling each other down and one of you is trying to break away and you know get out of the situation and then something else happens like we're, we're like batman and robin like we need each other he needs me for certain things in the hospital to get done the shady stuff that Gretchen does and then I need his a little bit of structure even though that kind of irritates Gretchen because she's in the moment just decides what to do when there is a gang member outside or if we need to steal this medicine or if we need to get this thing and he's kind of like wait we got to plan it out it's like there's a gang member with a gun outside of my car there's no planning here like get out let's make this happen and um and then and at the same time I feel like for Gretchen John's the first male role model that she trusts and respects and sees that he has a big heart you know you you see as the season goes on Gretchen had a really rough upbringing between foster care relationships with her foster parents and her relationship with her sister and you know she is in love with a woman and and Gretchen's a lesbian on the show and you you see that John's the first person that male that she kind of trusts yeah yeah well that's like Batman and Robin you know yeah exactly like that yeah (laughs) <laughs> that is the Sarah Lawrence interpretation of Batman and Robin. <laughs> um, well, Beth, uh, if Gretchen and John are Batman and Robin, what are Sam and John? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to have this off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah, geez, what's wrong with me? Um, uh, oh, you know, there's not really any... Superman and Lois Lane. There. there you go. Yeah, John. Um, and actually, that's all the time that we have tonight. Um, so thank all of you for coming out. And thank all of you for coming. Thank you. I watched Complications, which premieres June 18th on the USA Network, episodes one and two. And guys, have a great time at ATX. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Now leaving Nerdist.com.